as I wait for the Zoom to connect. Give me one second, please. Wait, now? I am shorty. I be for 11. I am, I be, I am, I, I am. Are am you safe shorty. now? I am Patrick. <laughs> do that I again. be the biggest I am shorty. in the world. I be for 11. I am Jack. And I, <laughs> I am, am shorty. I am shorty. I am shorty. I am shorty. I am I be for I am shorty. I am Chip. I am again. And I be trying. I am short. I be for eleven. I am short. I be short. I am short. I be I am short. I be I be I am Pasta Noose. I be the new generation of slaves here to make papes to buy a record exec rates. The pile of revenue I create, but I guess I don't get a cut cause my rent's a month late. Product of a North Carolina cat who scratched the back of a pretty woman named Hattie. Who departed life just a little too soon and didn't see me grab the plug tune fame as we go a little something like this. Look ma, no protection, now I got a daughter named Ayana Monet. And I could play the cowboy to rustle in the dough So the scenery is healthy with her eyes lay I am an early bird but the feathers are black So the apples that I catch are usually all worms But it's a must to decipher one's queen From a worm who plays groupie and spread around the bad germ I cherish the twilight I maximize my soul is the right size I watch for the power to run out on the moon in a fist of kids speaking that they're black when they're just niggas trying to be Greek or some tongues who lied and said we'll be natives to the end nowadays we don't even speak I guess we got our own life to live or is it because we want our own kingdom to rule every now and then I step to the now for now I see back then I might have acted like a fool now I won't apologize for it this is not a bunch of Brady's but a bunch of black man's pride yet I can safely say I've never played a sister by touching where her private parts reside. I've always walked the right side of the road. If I wasn't making song, I wouldn't be a thug selling I'm drugs. A nigga, but a I man with a plan. And if I was a drug cleaner, bet your pasta have the cleanest drugs I am. The plug two brand with the flavor in the flute. Watch the sniffing, so a sack of shows in demand. I read the diction from the second page. I got the one-two gauge baritone to the ism fan. Trees fall so I can play ground with my ink. So let me lead you till my M's go I push the infinite and carry it My carry is a 3 over 1 So my plugins already know Lick shots with Mo who catch the booth From a ghost in the heckling crowd If I give a foot Jackville caught a spill When a spill came from my mouth I put a head down south I don't check for the noose in the neck So I never tell my M's that finesse is knocking at my door I choose to run from the rays of the burning sun And dodge a needle washing up upon a sandy shore I bring the element H with the two So you owe me what's coming when I'm raining on your new parade It's just mine over matter And what matters is that the mind isn't guided by the kind of shade I keep the walking on the right side But I won't judge the next who handles All walking on the wrong he wants to be no different. See, I wanna be like the name of this song. I am. Was good. I am Schmitty. I be talking Schmidt. I. 
am Schmitty. I be talking Schmidt. If we stay united, we will never be divided. <laughs> Welcome back. You already know this is Talking Schmidt. I'm Schmitty. Shout out to Sean Fober and North Shout out. Hollywood for being the first person to buy one of our Triple OG pocket T-shirt. Yep, those are back. We made a small run. TalkingSchmidt.com. Thanks, dude. Uh, shit done changed. That's the new segment I'm throwing out right now. From Go Skate to All Skate to Atlas, the Cleveland Indians are now the Guardians. And uh, question of the week, why can't the homeless people shit in the park instead of on the sidewalk? Being out of sight, why are they out on the mission shooting up, dropping shit all over the area that we constantly walk and we have to look at them? I think we got a mental illness problem that nobody wants to address. Schmidt at gmail.com if you have answers for the homeless problems growing across the entire U.S. of A. Speaking of the U.S. of A., are you watching the Olympics? Look, I don't honestly know how I feel about skateboarding in the Olympics. Here's a few things I have heard, though, during this initial week. Nija apparently is going to get some street cred for failing. I got to be honest, the women's street contest, more exciting than the men's. All I do know is how I feel about my friends that are out there in Tokyo, Japan, having the strength to represent their country, go through all those damn COVID tests. I heard there's so much shit going on. People in isolation, people getting sick, all kinds of stuff. But the drive for people like Alana, Lizzie, Zion, Corey, Yuto, Nija, the whole cast... Big love to Mimi Noop and all you skaters holding it down and giving it your all. The old adage, never more true. Do not hate the player, hate the games. I think that that's Schmidting. Which brings me to our next guest. She is out there representing Poland for the women's park competition. She also just dropped a part for Arbor on the Thrasher site and is part founder of Exposure, the fearless leader. Mam na imię Amelia Brutka i ty słuchasz Talking Schmidt. I don't want to make light of anything out there, but I did just talk to my good friend Josh Borden on the phone. Man, if you're struggling out there, kids, contact a friend. Tell some jokes, reminisce about some good times. Stay afloat. Understand the pain comes in waves, but tomorrow is a better day. Today could be a great day. Tomorrow could suck, vice versa. We never know what we don't know, but what we do know is we all need to stay alive. Okay. Let's bond together. Bordo, I love you. Sorry for your loss, man. Great hearing your voice. Anybody else out there? I'd love to hear from you. I, I just sit here in my house, recording, editing, editing, recording, food, repeat. Sometimes sleep. Here is 
our good friends at Blood Wizard. Head on over to your local shop and ask for Blood Wizard. If they're out, then you can tickety-tack on down to bloodwizard.com where you have all of your conjuring needs. Oh, I'd just like to give one more shout-out. Shout-out. Tim motherfucking McKinney. Shout out. Put your depression in the closet for a day. Hasta la vista, Let's baby. go to Greer. Me and you. I'm calling you out any day, anytime. Give me 24 hours. I will be there. Let's roll. Let's fucking just roll. No camera, no fucking negative vibes, whatever it may be. I love your ass. Let's skateboard, kid. That's what brings us together every time. And you'll never know what might be on the other side of that. I'm hoping a smile. Love you, Tim. This is the year of the empathy. Get it. Get your empathy back. Let somebody in on the freeway. Give somebody the right away. Ask them how they are. This whole uh, narcissistic vampire elitist bullshit has got to come to an end starting this year. Please. All right. Three weeks and counting. If you know, you know. Listen up, y'all. We have a great show for you today. I have Amelia Brotka on the show. Amelia is out there in Tokyo, Japan, representing Poland for the women's park competition that starts in a few days, I believe. Hey, this is Amelia, and you're listening to Talking Schmidt. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Just give it the old cause turn, isn't it? All big dogs in. Schmitty. 96 times, Schmitty. Thanks, Schmitty. We on? Schmitty. Talking Schmidt. That's called going to the hospital, bitch. I can <laughs> shit my pants. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. It's right. about the one. The one. The one. Who is this guy who thinks he's tough shit? What's up? We're tastemakers. Come on, Schmitty. What the fuck? Let's hear it for Greg Smith. Okay, we have a wonderful interview today. Um, I have the privilege of interviewing a documentary filmmaker, a writer, a wife, a professional skateboarder, the founder of the nonprofit organization Exposure Skate. This is Amelia Brodka, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, man? Thanks so much for having me. Wow, what a generous introduction. <laughs> um, I. Uh... I must mention that it's co-founder along with my great friend, Leslie Cohen. Um, okay. I'm sorry to slide anybody, please. The comments below are already at like 5,000. Like, what's he talking about? I think that that's Schmidt. <laughs> Mate, you got to excuse me, though. I, I did. Ha this is Memorial Day that we're recording. It. It's a three-day weekend, and I've been napping a lot. And so I drank a bunch of coffee. And I think I exceeded my caffeine limit for the whole month in one day. So I've been trying to like equalize my, if I get a little too crazy, just be like, time out. Okay. Time out. It's the lifeblood that drives the dreams of champions. I think that's perfect. Cause I've, this is my second day without coffee. So we'll probably balance each other out. Cause usually oh. I'm a total fiend. Are you getting headaches? No, I mean, I did drink some green tea, so had some caffeine, but okay yeah just kind of trying to trying to take a little reset from the coffee right I love it too much <laughs> it's my only addiction that's the only thing i i cut out everything else but i i'm like 
I, I need coffee. I go to sleep. Uh, me and Alyssa talked about it. It was like, what else do you go to bed going? I can't wait for the first thing when you wake up. You're like coffee. Tell him he gives me a cup of coffee. I'll answer his questions. I think I'm going back tomorrow. So today's <laughs> my maximum, but I feel you. Hiatus. That is my that is my addiction as well. I mean, in addition to skateboarding, I'm definitely addicted to that. But coffee. Right. Yeah. How about you? Where are you at? I am in Vista. You're in Vista? Yeah. Sweet. I like it there. You know about the uh, Taiwan on? Yes, I do. Actually, our friends are super into it and uh, we didn't know. And then and then we knew. So, yeah, I like that place a lot. Lizzie took me there with uh, I think the Zoiners or something. I think it was Lizzie's birthday, actually. And we went there like a big party. And I was like, and my friend lives in Escondido. So every time I go down there, I'm like, I go there for dinner at least one night. If I'm down there for a few nights, I love that one. Yeah, it's so good. Did you get a, do you have a ramp? Yeah, we have a, uh, <laughs> we have like a plethora of small transitions and ledges out front. Like we have a mini ramp and then uh, Kyle Burrard built like a little mini quarter, like an open quarter. And then Alec built a bunch of like boxes and additional quarter pipes. And we have like a little rail. So it's just, it's oh. just like a mini, mini fun zone. Okay. Well, how did this crazy journey begin? You were born and raised where? Uh, Poland. Is where you? my crazy journey began. Yeah. I was born and raised there. And my dad just happened to win a visa lottery that he entered as a joke to the go to go to the U.S. And he was like, well, shit, I guess I got to go. So he went, he came to New Jersey of all places, probably because there were a lot of Polish speaking people there. And he sent, he then applied for an invite from my mom to come over. And then the story is that once my mom came over to the U S and my brothers and I were in Poland with my grandma and she said that she saw Disney world. And in that moment, she just thought about like the sad little rusty carnival that comes to Nova Sergina every summer. And she's like, I cannot live with myself knowing that I experienced this. And my kids are in that little tiny town in Poland and they could come here and have so many opportunities. And so somehow they freaking just up and left with three kids, not knowing how to speak English. And we, uh, we moved to New Jersey. <laughs> it was oh my God. What of, age were you? I was a uh, seven and seven. my dad was kind of setting up like an apartment and, and a life for us while we were still in Poland. And I remember talking to him on the phone and he's like, Oh, you're going to come visit me. You're going to come for summer vacation. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And I was like, okay, so we're going to go to the jungle. Like I'm going to have a giant parrot like that lives on my shoulder. Whoa, slow it down. And it's just going to be this crazy jungle adventure, apparently. And I'll never forget getting off of the airplane at Newark airport. And I was just like, oh, okay. It's not a jungle, but there's just giant roads and smokestacks everywhere. It looks insane. And we were there all summer and I'm like, hey mom, so, you know, summer's, ending when are we going home i gotta go to school and she was like well we thought that you would just try school here and i just looked at her like she was crazy because i didn't speak english it's like okay well that's not daunting or anything and 
Um, I, yeah, I'm, I just am so impressed thinking about my parents handling that and not knowing the language. I don't know how they did it. Damn, that's insane. So then did you live there for a while? Is that where you got your first skateboard? Uh, I was about 12 when I started and it was something I'd seen my brother do in the past and he just never let me use his board. He didn't let me use it because I would just steal it right around on my knee. And then he would just say, oh, you're not doing it right. Don't use my skateboard. Uh, and so one day his board got run over by a car and I remember him crying over it. And my parents were like, well, we're not going to get you another skateboard. It was very expensive. So you didn't take care of it. It got run over by a car. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then years later, I saw my friend just riding a skateboard down the street. And, you know, it wasn't as prevalent in the culture in New Jersey uh, as it is here in California. So seeing someone riding a skateboard just looked so different. Right. And I was so intrigued by it. And I was like, oh, that's that thing my brother said that I couldn't do. Can you teach me? And then they taught me how to ride down their driveway and uh, it all kind of started from there. That was like around the time that Tony Arcs Pro Skater was coming out and then 900 went down. So we started seeing it all over the place. And then they happened to have X Games in Philadelphia and my parents were like, oh, let's go watch. And so we went over and we were going to watch Vert Best Trick. Uh, me and my friend, Nicole, who she was also learning to skate at the time. And we're like walking around this big arena. And then in the corner, we see like people are skating a vert ramp. And we're like, well, what's going on over there? And we get closer and we see that it's girls and they're skating vert. And we're like, we look at each other like, oh, my God, no way. It's girls skating this ramp. And then we realize that one of them is our age, Lindsay Adams Hawkins. She's 12. She's like blasting backside airs and kickflip indies and inverts. And my friend and I were like, our, our worlds changed like in that very moment. And uh, Mimi Noop was there and CB was there and we uh, we got their autographs. And it, it was like that from that moment, I was totally obsessed with skateboarding. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. Lindsay's such a huge deal for everybody. Like she was so instrumental in so many. I mean, Alana told me kind of the same story. Like she I think she went to a different x games or contest and she saw Lindsay, and she was just like like mind blown she still rips dude we skated together like a year ago and um it's like she hasn't stepped off the board for a day you know yeah. she's still doing everything and she's got great style it's amazing she's doing the mom life and kind of seems like she could do it all hmm so did you go back from that thinking like well, how am i gonna find a vert ramp <laughs> For sure. That was like, I was so obsessed. The, at the time, there weren't very many skate parks in New Jersey. So I just kind of skated a curb for like two years. And uh, one day my parents came home and they're, they came home from Ikea and they're like, Amelia, we went to Ikea and then we saw a skate park. And I was like, you guys don't know anything about skating. You didn't see a skate park. And they're like, no, no, get in the car right now. And uh, I got in the car and we pulled up to this giant sports complex across the street from Ikea. And sure enough, inside of it is a skate park. It's called Rexplex. It had a street course, a mini ramp with like sheet metal instead of skate light and then a vert ramp. And the bottom layers were like metal. And then the top was like skate light. But oh. I just my whole 
my whole uh, world changed in that moment. I'm like, oh my God, I have to learn how to do that. That's so sick. Yeah. So is that kind of where you learned like a bunch of transition skills? You know, I tried. Um, I was really afraid of heights. So <laughs> even standing on top of the ramp yeah. was really daunting for me. And it took me a really long time just to drop into the mini ramp because I was so scared. By the time I wanted to learn how to drop in a vert, I went to drop in and I landed my first one. Well, no, I slammed a few times and then I landed my first one and then I went up to do it again. And my friend was like, all right, you got to bend your knees a little bit. And I went to drop into it again and I leaned back Oh, mama! for some oh. reason. I have no idea to this day why I would think that's a good idea, Yeah, but I just like folded my ankle and, oh. um, and I heard someone scream out like, oh, she broke her ankle. Cause it was like, people would come and watch cause, cause it would be like Elliot Sloan and Sanford Lopez and Rich Lopez and, and a um, bunch of other like local vert skater and then got drop in. Um, but I definitely broke my ankle and um, my parents came to pick me up and, and uh, apparently we didn't have health insurance at the time. And they just looked at me and they're like, you're never going to skate again. Oh. And then I just started crying. Like I had been in so much pain, didn't cry or anything. And then the moment my parents were like, no more skateboarding. I just like tears. Oh <laughs> man. Damn. And you're out. You're just like, I want to go back to Poland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then um, how old were you in that time? You're like, what? 12 or 13? Oh, by the time I tried to drop into the bird ramp, I was 14. And then I had to get like surgery on my ankle, like full on. Oh, um, man. But I just, I didn't care. I just wanted to skate. I was like, all right, I'm going to go back and drop in again. <laughs> like, when did you start developing like confidence and in, in some skills? And like, what was like dropping in on vert for the first time? Do you remember that? Uh, it was a free fall. That's definitely what it felt like. <laughs> I mean, do, do you remember your first drop in on vert? It was it was a long time ago, but I, yeah, I kind of do. I remember like the way that we did it was we would go fakey forward, fakey forward, fakey forward, yeah. tail tap, and then mm -hmm. come back in, yeah. and then you'd be like, okay, if I could do that, I can drop in. But it wasn't the case. But like I remember, we had helmet, knee pads, like yeah. a lot of pads, um, and. I remember like kind of like going off to the side always to milk it and like, ah! and then finally just taking the hit. And then I think once you take the hit, you're like, Oh, I know exactly what I did wrong. I got it. And I, and then I did it like right after that, my friend had a, a vert ramp in his backyard and it, it started being built with two by four. So it was like the worst transitions. Like we didn't have, um, you know, templates or anything. It was just two by four, two by four, two by four. Oh my so God. that was really weird too. <laughs> and then like it wow. evolved into, we we're like, Oh, you can, uh, and then you, you know, but yeah, I'm still scared. Like when I go to like the huge, like the DC ramp, I would be like, fuck. Like it, it's like, I don't, dropping in on the tall ones it's like you said like walking near the edge i get a little like mm. yeah sometimes uh 
when I'm skating for like, if I think about it for a second, I'm like, wait, what am I doing? You know, you're like, you're like, this is kind of ridiculous. Like, it could all go wrong. But, mm. you know, muscle memory is a beautiful thing. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, we were skating last night with Darren at the um, House of Braille or whatever they call it. And then, I hadn't skated in a long time um, on a vert ramp because I don't have access to it and the COVID and everything. So it was like, yeah, muscle memory came back. I was like, all right. And so you can see my full part tomorrow on Skeleton Keys uh, website. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, um, I'm so stoked that you're getting to skate vert and you got that Braille uh, house near you. That's that's rad. Yeah. And have you ever skated the Berkeley? The Berkeley vert ramp outdoors is so good. I haven't skated it yet. I would that love one's to, like though. so wide and so big. And it's like, like when Jimmy or anybody comes up here, like they always, you know, that was like Lizzie and Alicia's favorite ramp. It's like, we always, but we don't have that many vert skaters up here. So it always takes like conjuring up the SoCal crew to come up. And then it's like, all right. Yeah. Every time I've been up and I've asked about it, I don't think I uh, like the person with the key wasn't around or something. So. Mm. But next time, hopefully, I'd love yeah. to skate it. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, to answer your uh, last question, um, it took my life took a, a very interesting turn. I was kind of like a super nerd at the time, and then um, so I I ended up going to this competitive competitive academic program like over the summers, mostly because my parents bribed me with Woodward. They said, "Okay, well, we'll send you to Woodward if you go." to this academic program and I'd have to go to like school over the summers and on Saturdays for like two years. And then they get you a scholarship to like a private high school. And um, I ended up like going to a boarding school in Maine. So right when I was like starting to feel good about skating and like doing like little local contests, my, my whole life kind of flip flop went to the, the boarding school. In Cold Academy, uh, I remember the first time my advisor, Dave Bean, and I spoke on the phone. I was just about to leave. And he's like, oh, yeah, you skate? Well, you know, we have a skate program up here. And I was like, oh, really? Where's the closest vert ramp? And, uh, and he just goes, well, it's about two and a half hours away in, in New Hampshire. <laughs> and I was like, well, can I take a bus? Like, can I take a train? He's like, well, no, um, uh, we could try to get you up there sometimes. So we got to go maybe like a couple times a month if I was lucky, but, um, it was, it was cool going to that, to that boarding school. I just did a lot of, uh, learning about <laughs> life and how to be a bit more independent. And, um, actually it was like a mountain school so in the winters we would just snowboard all day and then go to school oh. at night and then you learned um, the uh, art of sending it is that is that real <laughs> there we go <laughs> <laughs> no i mean academically it was a really good place to be as well so i was really grateful for that opportunity and mm. and i was still trying to skate you know as much as i could um you know when it wasn't covered in snow or when i didn't have to chip ice off of the mini ramp which is dope that they had a mini ramp and uh yeah and and so i just started going to uh to contests because i was doing like a bunch of local contests and and doing pretty well i was usually the only girl but um i didn't really care and 
And uh, then one day my friend Dave Bean said, oh, you should try to like go to some contests, some like pro women's contests. There's actually one in North Carolina coming up. And I was like, <laughs> what? Really? And that was kind of my first, uh, my first experience. We just, I don't, I don't even understand how it happened, but he somehow convinced my parents that we should go to North Carolina to skate in a contest. And they somehow said, okay. And uh, I remember at the time there were, like Mandy Esch was there and she was like one of the one of the female rippers like Mimi and CB weren't there they didn't go to those contests and then like Julie Kinstrand at the time Julie Kinstrand was um competing but she didn't go to that one but I met um I met a bunch of the other girls that skated and that was the first time I ever like skated with a large group of girls and like competed and um it was super fun. Cressy Rice was there as well. I'm not sure if any of these names ring a bell, but they yeah. are still shredding this day. That's amazing. So like up until that point, you're just, did you, in the back of your mind, are you like, this is weird? Like I'm the only girl or are you just not even in that mentality yet? You're just like, I'm skating and kind of closed tunnel. And then you get to the contest and you're like, wait, there's a, uh, like how was that i know that some girls have said like they weren't even really aware of it until later on and some were like oh yeah no i got it the whole time believe me so i was wondering how how that experience was for you it was interesting because i mean i i would watch like vanessa torres video parts and also steamer video parts and um you know was already a big fan of of cb and Lindsay, but mm. i didn't think that there was like a group of girls that compete that are beyond those few, because at the time it was like, we didn't have like social media or not right. everything wasn't on YouTube. So you just kind of whatever you saw in the mag uh, is kind of what, what you knew about. And I think that that's how we found out about that contest. And um, yeah, when I saw it, it was just, it was so eye opening. I mean, there were like 10 girls riding skateboards in the same place. That was insane to me. Okay. It was it was awesome. How'd you do? Um, it was like a two day contest. All I know is the first day I skated a lot better. I like went over this I did like a front fifty over this big doorway. It was in Currituck, North Carolina. Uh -huh. And I remember just obsessing over that. Like I didn't care about runs at the time. I was like, I'm just gonna do like I'm just gonna do that. I just wanted like front fifty over this door. And I was like falling into the hole, like I spent all my time like trying to do that <laughs> and like didn't talk to anyone. I was like so focused on it. Oh. And then the next day we went to Wanchies and um, I'd never skated like a bowl that size. It was like, an, maybe it was like nine and 10 feet. It was like uh -huh. a giant wooden bowl. And like, once again, I just got obsessed with like one thing. I was like, I'm going to front rock this, this shallow end. I'm going to front rock the, the nine foot. And I just was eating shit the whole time. <laughs> I would just fall to flat and I was wearing an elbow pad, but like literally I had a bruise from my elbow to my wrist the next day. But I was like, mm. I need to do this. I got it. And I don't even think I landed it. I just slammed for like hours. And uh, so I think I ended up getting like sixth in that contest. So I must have landed something, but <laughs> I, was like, I was not into like trying to assemble a run. I was just like, that's the thing I need to be obsessed with trying to do this thing. 
So, right. but it was, it was a rad experience. It was so cool to just be there and, and uh, meet everyone and skate with other girls. Yeah. Do you remember like getting your first free thing, somebody giving you something for free for the first time, whether it was like they gave it to you or you got sponsored and then something came in the mail or like. Yeah. I remember like I filmed a sponsor me video. It was maybe like 2005 or six Hmm. and I just sent it to so many companies and I don't think anybody got back to me, but I know (laughs) I sent it. I sent it to like Etnies. I sent it to like Toy Machine. Um, I was like super into those companies at the time. Mm. Just never heard back. And then I gave it to Subculture Skate Shop, which was my local shop in New Jersey at the time. And uh, I think they like gave me a t-shirt and uh, and they were just like, cool, here's a (laughs) t-shirt. what does this mean? I got a free t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> then you're like at the door every morning before it opens your first line. Like I am here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was probably weird. Cause I was only in New Jersey over the summers. And then I was at in Maine. Oh, at boarding school. Right. Oh man. So yeah. fast forward a little bit. And then like you do get sponsored and start like, did that contest start the whole contest vibe or did that go later yeah that contest kind of um helped to spark that and then and then my friend dave like kept finding other contests for me to do like uh that one in oregon the trifecta oh yeah Um, so i did I i feel like i got i had some sponsors gosh i can't even oh here we go the i think the first big one was um, I did a bunch of local contests and then the local Red Bull reps like started, I guess, paying attention. And mm. then they, they gave me friend of Red Bull status, <laughs> which is like, you can't really say you're sponsored by Red Bull, but oh, they man. send you a bunch of Red Bull and they give you like a small travel budget, That's but you l- can't say like you ride for Red Bull. It's just like, I'm a friend. <laughs> That's li- that's literally. I guess they couldn't call it flow because it would be too obvious, like all the liquid flow. But like that would be like the epitome of flow, right? You're getting just free liquid. <laughs> yeah, dog. Yeah, there we go. And uh, I mean, my roommate in high school had to steal that stuff from me because she was like, "Amelia, I think you have a problem with Red Bull. You need to stop drinking so many." Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was bad. But they did help me get to some contests. And um, like, I think the f- the next one might have been, yeah, Oregon Trifecta. Those and, are fun. Uh, they're so fun. It, I've never like experienced a snake session before either. Oh. So <laughs> that was quite an awakening. Yeah. And, uh, and, and like Nicole Zuck was there and Mandy Ash. and. Oh, right. Gosh, I don't remember everybody who was there, but it was at least like once again ten girls, which seemed like an insane number of girls. Jessica and Swim or Starkweather now, I think. Starkwater, Starkweather. Yeah, she was there. Yeah, guaranteed. She was there for sure. <laughs> oh, mama! There were three stops as usual. Lincoln City. I think that skate park just destroyed me. I it's just a remember like, one. Yeah, it destroyed me, and I remember like 
I made it to finals and then like, I had no idea what that meant or what to do next. It was like, well, I made it to finals. I better do something like really good. Right. And then I don't think that I did. And then, um, and then we went to West Lynn, which was my first time skating pool coping uh-huh. because we didn't have any on the East coast. <laughs> so yeah, that was fun. I think I got like fourth. And then the last day it was Newburgh which is oh. such a sick park. Yeah. And, uh, and I ended up winning the contest and it like blew my mind. I was like, how is this possible? At Newburgh? <laughs> yeah, at Newburgh. Sick. I was so stoked. Yeah, so I think that was like the first big, big thing. Okay. Um, I was really psyched on that. And then I got into Concrete Wave Mag. <laughs> oh, was that the first photo that was published of you? Yeah, yeah. It was like a front rock on the little spinny volcano. How did that feel? I was so psyched. Did so did you did you see it organically or did someone send it to you or how did that how did you see it for the first time or know that you were in there? Uh same person, my friend Dave Bean helped me get get it in there and uh wrote uh, a little blurb and it was like in like the next up section so cool. or whatever it was. Yeah. But yeah, seeing it was like, oh my gosh, it's it's all happening. This is crazy. <laughs> And true or false, you uh, placed out an early chili bowl contest, maybe, right? I think I might have gotten like third one time. Yeah, I think so. At Petrero? Yeah, I think it was like Lizzie, Alicia, and then me. I don't know what year that was, but I think that was kind of when I maybe like knew who knew of you, maybe hadn't met you, but kind of like, because I would help Toad all the time with those contests and film them and stuff. And I remember that might have been the one where Lizzie and Alicia collided on the devils in the deep. No, I or was think, that the year before? Know, no, that was the year after. And I remember that because that's when my friend Hunter Long broke her ankle because she slipped on the oh, freaking yeah. spray paint. I remember and that then too. I, yeah. And I like ran away. It was so creepy because her foot was like twisted all the way yeah. around. Fuck. I, uh, I do remember that. Oh, man. <laughs> bad those contests were so rad and that i mean that bowl is so so fun yeah it's really fun we're fortunate to have that in the city that was also a snake session right (laughs) oh man that was it was terrifying i had no idea like how to really uh get in there but i i think i would just go like dawn patrol it and that's how i figured out like the bowl (laughs) you know right yeah, it was pretty hectic, but it was fun. And then when did you guys start? Um, how did exposure all start? When when was that? So it started, um, I was going to college at USC. So I was already out in Southern California from Maine. And mm-hmm. uh, I was both attending classes that had to do with like gender and media representation And at the same time, I was shooting photos with Julian Bleeker, and he was working on the Hello Skater Girl book. And we were having a lot of conversations about women skateboarding. And, you know, Lizzie had just kind of appeared and was dominating, and and, uh, she was progressing a lot and helping everyone else progress a lot. And there were more and more girls skating. And uh, you could just see kind of the transformation happening. And at that time, it felt like the only way to really, like if you were a 
female skateboarder, the only way that you could try to make it in skating was through competition because mm-hmm. it seemed, you know, even like, you know, Marissa Del Santo uh, at the time was flow for a bunch of companies, like the best, you know, she came out with that amazing video part and still she was, it felt like she was getting no support. So it just seemed like yeah. the trajectory for women is like, oh yeah, like you'll get good and get invited to the X games. And like, that's, that's where it ends. You know, that's the, that's the apex. Uh-huh. And uh, so I, um, I personally really wanted to skate for it in the X games. And then um, I got invited to be an alternate one year and it was like such an amazing experience. And I was just down the street at USC um, cause it was in LA that year. So it was so cool to be there and, and, uh, practice with the girls. And then, um, at some point I almost thought I was going to skate cause like Jules Lynn went missing and then <laughs> she showed up like last minute, like I was putting my pads on Mimi's like, you should put your pads on, start padding up. Like contest is about to start. I'm like, I'm going to skate. And then, and then we all see Jules and she's like, what's up? I'm here. I'm going to rip. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. That's that's fine. And she did rip. So it's all good. So after that experience, I was like, dude, I'm going to like learn a bunch of tricks. I'm going to like get on the invite list for real next year. And, uh, and so I, I would go drive down to Claremont in San Diego twice a week from LA, like make all my classes. So they're in the morning and just so I could skate for, and, uh, just really wanted to, uh, get a chance to be a part of part of the X games that year. And, uh, and then I made this video and I sent it to Mimi and I was like, Oh, Mimi, like, you know, I hope you consider me for, for Vert this year. And, and I remember she pulled me aside at uh, the combi contest that year. And she's like, you know, Amelia, like your, your video was really good. You know, we liked it, but they're not doing a women's contest at X games this year for Vert. Oh. And, and I was like, wait, what you what why not they're doing the men's vert weren't they and they've done the women's vert what? and i was just so confused how you can like that seemed like the only trajectory to try to make it you know be a pro skater or whatever yeah uh, and then it was like it was just canceled oh, canceled i was like how do you just wait how do you just cancel that like what do i do now like i, I want to figure out how to do the skateboarding thing uh-huh. and uh and that and I got so frustrated and um, I remember talking to Julian Bleeker and we were shooting photos. He was just like, dude, like someone should do a documentary on all this. And I was like, yeah, dude, someone really needs to do a documentary on all this. Like these girls are ripping and it's like, nobody sees it. And then he's like, well, you should do it. And I, I looked at him like he was crazy. Cause I was like, well, I don't know anything about video I don't know anything about documentaries. Um, I don't know how to edit, you know, and this was before the time when like everybody was living in that world of making videos all the time. Right. Um, So it seemed like a big undertaking. And then I think one day I just got really upset about thinking about all of it. And I was like, you know what? I I am going to make a documentary. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And I convinced my professors to give me college credit for it. So, and then, so it was a school project as well. It turned, yeah, it, it was a school project. Uh-huh. And uh, I just, like rented the cameras from USC and uh, started uh, to interview people and like film skaters, like 
Jules or Lizzie or Hunter and um, was just kind of winging it, just yeah. figuring out how to do it on the fly. And and uh, one day at the skate park, I met Brian Lynch, who was like making YouTube videos and stuff at the time. And I was like, oh, I've seen your videos. I, I, I'm making a documentary. Like, how do you um, how do you record sound properly? And I just started like asking him a ton of questions. And then he came uh, with me one day when I was interviewing Hunter to help me out. And then he was just like, no, this is a great story. I'm, I'm down to be a part of it. And I was, I was just amazed that he was just wanting to, to do it. And, uh, and so then we set on the journey together and we made the film and it went to some film festivals and we showed it at agenda, but then it felt like, okay, well you made a whole documentary complaining about there not being contests then maybe I should just make a contest <laughs> instead mm. of just talking about it. Right. And, uh, and that's kind of how the idea for the first exposure event came to be. And so I kind of winged it and threw together a contest and um, my friend Leslie Cohen and I um, kind of, we organized it and she saw the value in it and she got excited about it. And, you know, Alana Smith landed her McTwist and it just seemed like a really cool energy, really positive vibe. And we were like, Oh, we got to keep, we got to keep doing this. And, and it it turned from just doing one contest into like making a whole nonprofit to empower women and girls through skateboarding. And it's an annual every year, right? Yeah. So we have the contest every year and then we've also added, um, our youth programs called skate rising that teaches skateboarding to girls, but then also involves them in different like community service activities every month. Um, so maybe like making friendship bracelets for victims of bullying and um, helping uh, make kits for the homeless and things like that. And then we do adult women's clinics. And this past year, we actually just launched uh, college, college scholarships um, in uh, collaboration with CSEF. You just influenced somebody. We're stoked. I, I want to start a nonprofit. What are what are going to be the hiccups? What are some like easy like oh you got to do this like what what did you learn on this little like, you know the beginning stages? What did you do wrong that if you if you went back you'd be like God I don't know why I did that and what did you be like man I got lucky and slid right in through this one. I mean I feel like I got lucky in the whole process you know especially. Uh, working with Leslie, I learned so much from her and she was already uh, running a nonprofit called the Living Free Foundation. Mm. Uh, but honestly, nonprofits are so, it's so much paperwork. It's its crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it, you see this bureau behind me that's all filled with paperwork <laughs> and that's just the past two years because you have to keep like seven years of paperwork, which I keep the rest in a storage facility. Right. But, so it's a lot of paperwork. And if anyone is thinking of starting a nonprofit, I would say to just work with a fiscal agent first, as opposed to trying to get your 501c3 status right off the bat. Um, because I, we did start with a fiscal agent um, and it did save us a lot um, of paperwork. But I didn't realize that until we were like, no, no, we got to be our own nonprofit. We got to get our own 501c3 status because they do a lot of 
you know, whether it's the receipts or the taxes or the grant reporting and things like that, they take care of that. And then, and those, those backend things are just the, the worst part of the whole thing. So mm-hmm. if you're not a, a huge fan of, of paperwork and accounting, then, then definitely get some people in your corner who are down to help with that side of things. Um, That's the groundwork, huh? Yeah. Okay. And then you guys, I read that you got the proceeds are going to um, support survivors of domestic violence. Yes. Yes. So every year our, our main event supports survivors of domestic violence and we work with the local community resource center, which has a domestic violence program. And they usually come out, you know, and speak at our events. And then um, we donate all the proceeds from the events. So our sponsors help out with that, as well as any sales we make the day of or any donations we receive the day of, we we give them the proceeds. So it's been, it's been rad to support them. That's um, amazing. What was the connection there? Or like what, what drew you to, I mean, you could do proceeds to all kinds of good causes. Was there a connection to that one? Or Well, it's definitely, it's, it's fitting alongside uh, empowering women and girls and supporting your community. Um, and additionally, um, Armando de la Libertad, who was someone that helped us start the first exposure event. He was running a nonprofit that helped give scholarships to survivors of domestic violence and that's kind of um, how we started by giving back to his nonprofit, you know, because he was such a big part of the the first event. And then um, it just felt it just felt right. It felt like the the right cause and the right way to, you know, not just empower women and and what they're doing in skating and what or what they want to do in skating, but you know, also those who just need a safe place to to call home. Sure. And um, yeah, it just seemed it just feels like a a really good good connection and a good way to give back to those who are in need. Well, I read, I read your little bio to my fiance, who's a big time feminist and she runs a nonprofit organization herself. So like there was a lot of similar tie-ins and she just looked at me and went like this. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. What, what nonprofit does she run? Um, it's called the Leaky Foundation. It's basically um, they study the evolution, study evolution. Yeah. So they, wow. you know, uh, I was honored to be a, an assistant on an interview with Jane Goodall that we went down and did. And um, she funds, they've, so long story short is Jane Goodall basically got funded by Lewis Leakey. And my fiance is the Leaky Foundation. So that's, there's a lot of science, which I'm learning. I have two eighth grade diplomas. You know, the different apes. I'm, I'm pretty good with the five apes now. And monkeys don't have tails and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. That is so cool. Wow. Yeah, that's, that is. must be really fun to learn about. And that is amazing that your fiance does that. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's rewarding. But no, in all honesty, we were talking about, um, we have been talking about one of the things that I see in, in skateboarding as a whole is it's similar to um, wrestling. We like to figure ourselves right into the action. If it's here and you want it, woo, come and get it because we're in town for a party, Daddy. You know, big time wrestling. I always thought like 
these guys, like they, maybe they make a lot of money, maybe they don't, but at the end of their career, no one cares. And, and they're, they, they've gotten the shit kicked out of them their whole life. You know, they're getting chairs whacked over them. Skateboarders, a lot of the time it's the same. You know, we always laugh and, and say like, you know, there's only one Tony Hawk, like, you know, but it's kind of true. And then you see like all these different things, like, Alan Losey, different people. I don't really want to name names necessarily, but just like people having struggles at the end of their career, whether it be addiction, whether it be, you know, just no money. And like, I quit school when I was 14 to be a pro skater. What am I qualified at 44, you know? And so how cool would it be? I mean, this is a brainstorm idea, obviously, but like if there was some type of nonprofit that could give back to the struggling, you know, like these guys at the end of their career that need help and, 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 and women, of course, no gender specific at all. It would just be like skaters that gave their whole life. They were clearly skateboarders and now they're struggling like on their way to their retirement home or whatever it is. And, and, and we've just talked a lot about that because getting older, having friends that are getting older as well and watching them struggle with like, you know, getting pay cuts and getting, you know, you're no longer pro you were pro your whole life. And you had this, like, you know, this, this way of living that like, you're not having anymore. You traveled for free, the whole world, the whole deal. And now you're having a hard time paying rent. And like those things, you know, I see those close to home and it's just kind of like, man, how can we, now that it's so popular, maybe there is a way though, but you know, but who knows, but it has been an idea of ours to just kind of throw around with people and, and see like, you know, giving back to the people that just stoked us out through our whole years. Like, fuck dude, I'll never forget the combi, bro. You fucking aired over the whole thing, <laughs> like whatever it was, you know? So that's a great idea, dude. That's such yeah, a good idea. It, I mean, I Please. have so many great ideas, but executing them sometimes isn't that easy. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine it wouldn't be hard to find uh, other people who are passionate about this. You know, right. I think if you have, if you have a group that are excited to do it, then that's kind of, that's kind of all you need to start. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, you get, somebody that's maybe in tune with dealing with paperwork and stuff. Some of the stuff that's going to really boggle my mind and like kind of bum me out or whatever. Like if we all had tasks that we're good at and we all collectively do this, I think that's the way to do it. You know, nobody should do something that they're struggling to do. Like, especially for a nonprofit organization, it should just be all, these are our strengths. Let's go fucking get this. You better leave this shit in here. Don't be telling this is negative or not. This is life. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you got if if you got some calls after this podcast after you talked about this idea of people who are down. Hold on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we'll see. No, we will- I'm serious. Like we have such like a, a broad community now, skateboarders who are super accomplished in so many different fields, you know. Not not pros necessarily, but just core skaters who yeah. love, love to give back. Yeah, I think, I don't know, it's cool. Like, you know, when you get older and you see a kid starting skating and you give them a, a sticker or something that's so easy for you and it lightens them up. 
like in that way, except for with our peers. I, I mean, that's just the mentality that you have throughout skateboarding because you see the stoke and you live for the stoke. So that stoke is always, sometimes you can't get the stoke, but you can give the stoke, you know? Yeah. I mean, skateboarding gives us all so much that mm-hmm. I think that it's natural for skaters to want to give back. So uh, any of you listening, if you have, um, you know, talents in accounting and skills that we could use for a nonprofit, you know, maybe some, uh, some people who are lawyers in the nonprofit world, you know, just call up Schmitty. Let's get this thing yeah. going. 501C. Yeah. Well, h- how do you feel now? 2021, how do you feel now about how important are events for ladies? Like, has anything progressed as far as that stuff goes? Or is it still like, if you're not a contest? Well, I mean, Nora's kind of not doing contests, right? Dude, it's like night and day. Like you could just be, you could just be yourself and oh. you could, you could do it. <laughs> you know, really? there's so many avenues. It, it seems like, you yeah. know, between contests, like Olympic stuff, non-Olympic contest stuff, and like getting in the mag, there's been so much more female representation, um, you know, video parts, or just like people who are just awesome people that we want to see skate because of the way they express themselves through skating. You know, it's just, it's so cool. It's amazing how much the skate industry has, has evolved and expanded. Yeah. I was, I I mean, I always like to pat my shoulder a little bit because I feel like I was there pretty early with the girls. And I remember seeing like the level, I always tell this story, but I think it's relevant is like, I think it was a, you know, the U.S. Open in Huntington one year, it was like the first year I went there for the females, it was like, hmm, okay. And then the next year I was like, holy fuck, that person that barely could grind is in the top three. They're on the podium. Like, I was like, this is insane. Like, I remember seeing so many girls like that were there and they were excited, but like, they just clearly weren't ready for it. And then like the next year, seeing that number increase to like, no, people are ready. Like they, they figured out what they wanted and they, and they went for it. And now they're, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm sure you've seen a huge growth as far as just like, whoa, these, everybody's good now. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) I feel that way at every contest. It's just like, wait, he's doing that now. And then who is this doing that? Like, Uh It's so cool. It just feels like, you know, in the span of a few months, some of the girls progress so much and there's always somebody new on the scene. And I used to count all of the girls, all the pro girl skaters or all the girl skaters who are really good, like on two hands. And now to not know people be like, wait, I've never heard of her. And she's in this video. And uh, it just feels like every day, it's just girls I've never heard about and they're ripping. It's amazing. Yeah, now you can count just the Japanese girls on one hand. It's like, holy <laughs> shit, Kakona, what? Like, you're like, it's so gnarly. Um, we got to talk about like one of the coolest things I've ever seen at a contest, right? I'm down there at the Orange County, not my favorite place. I'm at the hotel. I go across the street and there's this mall and I got to go inside and be in this mall for three days. And it's not that rad, but the contest is like my favorite contest, which is the combi. 
And then like in the middle of the day, all of a sudden, what in the hell happened? Somebody gets proposed to. <laughs> I'm like, I was like filming for some. I think I got the video on my camera, like accidentally. I didn't know what was going on. I'm just filming. And I was like, wait, what? He's down on one. What? Talk to me about that. That, that was definitely a surprise, right? Oh my gosh, I was so surprised that it was so amazing. And it was so perfect. We met at skating at the combi and uh, oh, I had, really? I had okay. no idea. Yeah, we, that's, the, that's the first place that we met was skating the combi. Amazing. Um, so it, it was incredible. I had no idea that that was going to happen. I mean, how could I? I was, I was just going to watch a skate contest and then Everybody was like, Amelia, we really want to interview you about women skateboarding. And I was like, oh, of course, I could talk about that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so I didn't realize anything was weird, but it would be like Christy Van Doren and people checking on me like, oh, you're still good for that interview at this time. You have to stand right here. And I was like, yeah, sh- um, yeah, that's that's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was feeling a little overstructured, like, hmm. No, I mean, I didn't even think anything of it at oh, the time, okay. but I did think like, oh, wow, they, they just really want to do uh-huh. this interview. And so, you know, there I am talking to Neil and uh, I look over and he, he starts talking about Alec and I start telling him like, oh, we met here. And then he made me a necklace out of the combi tiles. You know, I'm just full on like talking about it, like it's normal to talk about my relationship during an <laughs> interview, during a contest. <laughs> and, and then he just goes, oh, there's Alec now. And the first thing I noticed was he's wearing Vans. I was like, yeah, where did he get new Vans? He's, he just got, he put on new shoes. And then I was like, wait, why does he have knee pads on? He's not in the contest. And I was like, why does he have knee pads on and not a helmet? Like all of these things went through my mind. I was so confused. And then apparently he had practiced this the night before during heavy combi session practice to like air out and then like knee slide on the deck and like stop exactly where I was standing. And so I, I was completely shocked. I had no idea what he was doing. And then so when he had knee slid in front of me and then, then it all clicked because I heard people like gasp and I was like, oh, and I was just, I was so excited. I had been just hoping that he would propose because he's Rad. amazing. Um, oh, that's so. amazing. Yeah. God damn. That was really cool. Um, I'm like I said, I'm uh, we're getting married in August. Um, what can you say? Where did you get? Did you guys go on a honeymoon? We're actually going to go after the Olympics. We have um, put it off because of all the events and all the madness. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're going to go to Bali in August. Ooh. Probably when you're going, are you going to go on a honeymoon? We are, but we might put it off a little too. We're just trying to figure it out. I, I don't know. Kind of just still a little tripped out about traveling like out of the country and just traveling. Have you been flying? You've been flying around a little bit, right? Yeah, I had to go to Poland a few times, like during the pandemic. Um, it was a little scary, but the planes were so empty. And uh-huh. then um, at the time when we were in Poland, like the there wasn't a pandemic there yet. So it was weird to go from full on lockdown here to like in Poland, everyone's like hugging each other and we were at a skate contest. And I was like, OK, I guess 
it's so it's it's so not it's just crazy like everywhere i go it's different like i feel like up here it's way different than even san diego like i went down to ramona and i was like whoa no but everybody okay like up here is like it's really it was really like locked down serious and stuff and uh so it's been crazy and then like we were thinking about going to fiji and i was like looking into it and then all of a sudden they just got hit with covid like recently or something so we're i don't know i believe that around um the end of february beginning of march our whole like consciousness and world is just gonna open up but we were talking about maybe just going to hawaii or i mean not just talking about going to hawaii and then later possibly doing like i don't know i'd love to go to like maldives or bali or someplace like amazing like that that's just like I don't know, Bora Bora, who knows? Like you could just Google those huts that are over the water, wherever those are. I think that's where I want to be. I feel like it's worth it to at least do something right after you get married. Because that's something we didn't really think about. We had like such a huge wedding and all my family was here. And then the day after our wedding, like all we wanted to do was like escape from everyone and just be like in our bliss. So we actually just like drove down um to san diego and like just went to like a a fancy resort hotel for two days and it was such a good idea that's what i think we're gonna do we might go to like big sur or somewhere like that and just like kick it you know yeah that's a great idea you should definitely do something and then you know do do a follow-up honeymoon (laughs) yeah um what was up with the uh nbd at hawks little thing you guys did during the pandemic right it was like uh you sky lizzie alicia um i don't remember who, there's probably a couple other people but jordan somebody um, did like oh, and uh, bryce yeah bryce bryce yeah it was a uh, it was super fun i mean you know tony's always looking out for for vert and trying to get more things happening in vert and i um i think you know he did uh, something awesome. The only thing that he could maybe think of at the time when everything was super locked down and it was a really fun idea because it, it turned into this like, okay, you get it. You get this hour at the ramp with a filmer. So it's COVID safe. And like, you have to land just a, a trick of your, of your choosing. Um, you know, and actually Alec did the contest as well. He did like a proper MBD. He did a, like a fast plant and direct. I believe nose grab is it was gnarly. Um, And uh, I was just stoked to land the trick that I was working on. Um, It was just a cab stale. So not an MBD, but I was happy to do it. And uh, I think a lot of really rad stuff went down and it was like legit. You go in there for an hour and then Galena like will come out like you got 10 more minutes. Uh, You got five more minutes. And it was it was fun. It was. Yeah, she rules. dude. It, It was fun. It was such a good idea. Um, so then what you guys all did it and then did they vote for the, how did, how did it all? um, Yeah. So then, um, it was kind of a a voting thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's cool. I think, does that mean Sky Brown won? Oh yeah. I mean, regardless of how it were to be judged, anyone would have said she won. She, uh, um, she did a McTwist and I actually saw her working on it like a couple days prior to that. And she had slammed so hard, dude. And then she, dude, she's such a warrior. And then she like gets up and like 
and even Tony was there. He's like, you don't, you don't have to do it. Like, it's fine. And then she's like, no. And then she just drops in and she does it. Like she couldn't even breathe. It was amazing. Was so, that yeah, before she, she t- went through the channel thing? Dude, I was there for that. That was so awful. That was oh before. My- yeah. Oh my God. Oh, that was the worst thing I'd ever seen in my whole life. Um, did you think like I, she was worse off than she was? Completely, completely. Yeah. I mean, we didn't know that she was going to survive. It was so it, like I was literally standing right next to the channel and we were skating and it was just me, her and Josh Dirksen, super mellow session. And um, she had just learned like alley-oop frontside airs off the Roland. So they're like six or seven feet high and you know when you're doing an alley front set air you kind of land blind and you land pretty like on a straight line uh-huh. but she she also knew how to alley backside air over the channel and she and um i didn't realize what she was doing and she just kept like rolling in doing the alley front set air and then popping out onto the deck and i was like what is she doing and so i just asked her i was like wait are you trying to alley front set air to alley backside air over the channel and she's just like She's just so cute. She's gay. She's like, hey, yeah. And I was like, wow, that's, that's insane. And because uh, the line to it, you know, it, it almost seems like it's not going to work because the way you <laughs> land the front on air. Yeah. And so I, I'm just kind of watching her like do that and pop on the deck, do that and pop on the deck. She's not getting the right line. And then there was a time where I thought she was just going to pop out on the deck, but she, she was taking a trajectory towards the channel and then I think she just wanted to pop out on the deck, but she was already going to the channel. And so right to, to my left, a few feet away, she's just dangling in the sky. I mean, her airs are like seven feet out. So she's above Tony's like 13 foot ramp. She's literally 20 feet in the air. She's a tiny child. And she's just dangling in the air. And I just, I like looked, I just closed my eyes. I just panicked, you no know? And then, so you were on the same deck as the channel? I was on the deck. Yeah, I was <sighs> on the deck. And, oh uh, my god! And her dad was there, and he was like filming, and he like threw his phone. That's the only reason that there's footage of it. He threw his phone and like went to like grab her, and like I jumped down and um I made sure that at Alec and Mickey were in the office. I made sure they called the ambulance, and then oh my god, dude, there was just she was just like lying in a pool of blood. It all came from her nose because she hit her head so hard, oh. and um. It was gnarly and she started screaming eventually, which was kind of good because we knew she was alive. Okay. Uh Um, But it was so, it was so gnarly. She had to get choppered out and everything. I think she had like, I think her liver and her, and her spleen or something were both lacerated, like a couple broken ribs, like totally shattered her skull, like her arm. I think her arm broke a lot of her fall and she had to get like pretty heavy surgery, but dude, that girl is a freaking warrior. Yeah. It's it was like weeks later. I see her skating, Vert. Yeah. I'm like, we thought you were gonna die, and you're <laughs> over here. You're just like carefree. She was in the hospital for a while, and it was during COVID. So I think Tony drove down. He tried to go see her. They wouldn't let him in. Like yeah. she was in the hospital for. Um, they thought she was gonna have to be in the hospital for a while, but she was just like in there for. A couple days got a surgery and was out so she's amazing all i know is that that is a warrior cute skateboarder right there yeah she's already just back like no no hesitation 
Yeah, I mean, she got second at the dude tour, you know. <laughs> she put down a sick run. Just, she's just chilling, probably going to podium at the Olympics, you know. No mm. big deal, almost died. She's fine. Damn. Amazing. Well, we're, we're winding down, but I do want to talk about the Olympics a little bit. Um, do you guys have any other contests between now and the Olympics or was the do tour? How's it all working? So the do tour was the last qualifier for park. So I think they're having like an X games right before the Olympics, but it's like the week before. So I don't think anyone's going to go. And we're supposed to have like contact tracing and stuff on our phone to make sure we're COVID free. So I don't think anyone's going to try to go to an event that close <laughs> What have the details been so far? Like as far as there, there's not going to be any crowds or fans, right? Dude, there's like a 60 page book about <laughs> the COVID it has to be so <laughs> insane. <laughs> One of them is like, if you must eat, go to the dining hall. Do not talk to anyone. Eat quickly. And there are plastic dividers between every seat in the dining hall. <laughs> like, like you can't even be with your teammates. Like the like Poland and Poland or U.S. and U.S. or yeah, I think you can be like with your with your group with your bubble, but Fuck. they encourage you to not communicate with others. So, so insane! Somebody's got to be like boy in the bubble camera documenting this whole thing. There's got to be a documentary after this is over. What are yeah, your What are your concerns? Are you Are you nervous or scared or anything? Is there any is it all excitement? Is it, what is it? What are you feeling? Uh, I'm super excited. I mean, the, the qualifiers have been such a, just, you know, we've, we've kind of been the guinea pigs for it. So it's been really hectic. So to, to make it through that and to have, you know, being in that top 20 to be able to go, I'm just so, so excited. And then um, Alec gets to come cause he's my coach. He's the Polish Olympic park skateboarding coach. Officially. Wait a minute. I got to check. Where was he born? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be <laughs> Polish to be the coach. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, that's no, awesome. So that, that's really cool. So I'm stoked we get to go on the adventure together. And, and yeah, I'm just really uh, I'm excited to see how it goes down. I want to make sure everyone's having fun on their skateboards, first and foremost. And no one else is going to be cheering, but I'll be cheering. <laughs> uh, is it a little weird like uh, a few girls have told me it's a lot different um these contests compared to normal contests as far as like the com the competitiveness is there it, like are you not really saying hi to your normal friends because you're like we're team poland don't talk to team <laughs> finland or like whatever what's up uh i mean maybe there's drama like that but i just there it's intense for sure like <laughs> yeah. the practices are hectic there's like teams working together so that only their team can drop in and like but i just like tr i remind myself first and foremost like it's skateboarding you need to enjoy yourself and then i try to make sure like i'm cheering for people i'm making noise on the deck i'm like smiling at people i'm reminding people to have fun so you know, mm. I think some people maybe are like, what's what's wrong with that girl? Like, <laughs> we're trying to be fierce competitors. But <laughs> yeah, it's a different vibe for sure. But, you know, it's. And so the, the whole contest is 20. Is it total of 20 yeah. or? Yeah, wow. it's just 20. Okay. So, but and it's been so sick seeing girls from all over the world, like just get really good at skating transition. Do we think we got a Wheaties box? 
cover for somebody. Is there going to be a skateboarder that's on Wheaties box? I could see Sky being on a Wheaties box. I mean, come on. I was I hoping for Corey Juno because he'd just be like so like. <laughs> Wait, Wheaties? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Jules isn't available. She's not going to be in the contest, right? She didn't skate any of the qualifiers. Mm. What happened with Jules? Is she is she okay? Do we know? Yeah, I mean, the last time I saw her was at an exposure event. Oh, really? Oh gosh, it's cutting out. Yeah, the last time I saw her was at an exposure event, and she had a hurt knee. So maybe mm. the knee kind of got, got in her way. But yeah, I know she like moved to Hawaii. But oh, I don't know. I do worry about that girl. You know, I hope she's keeping her head on straight. Hashtag, are you okay? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Okay, here's the tough, the tough question of the the program. You're gonna build Mount Rushmore for the ladies of skateboarding. Who who's going up there? Lizzie Armato. Boom. For sure, Alyssa Steamer, Carabeth Burnside. Oh, there's only four, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to keep it OG and put Mimi Noop on there. Ooh, I like it. Sorry, Lindsay. I'm so sorry. But, you know, Mimi's done so much behind the scenes, too. She's got to go on Mount Rushmore. How yeah. great is Mimi, right? Dude, she's the best. She's still, mm. like, doing so much for skateboarding. Yeah, and she's just got the best attitude and... She's the big homie. I love I love Mimi a lot. Every time I see her, it's wonderful. And uh, I do feel her vibe and what she's doing is so authentic and cool. Yeah, for sure. She's great. Well, how can we help uh, make the world a better place? What what it's we've evolved. We've gotten better. Um, you said it's night and day, but I know we still got a long ways to go. Like, what what do we need to see? More girls on the cover of, of the mags, more interviews, more parts, um, more money involved in the contest. Like, what are the things that you're really like, if your fingers on any of those pulses, which is the one that you're like, that is really irritating me. I mean, I wouldn't say anything is irritating me right now because everything is growing so wonderfully. But oh. I mean, you said it first, more girls on the cover. I would not I would not argue with that. That would be dope. I mean, uh, come on. Nora doesn't have a cover. Like, yeah, let's go. I let's know. Get, well it's hard to get a photographer to Hawaii, you know? Jesus Christ! <laughs> is it? Uh, but, but Burnett did tell Alyssa if she does an invert on Vert, she's instantly on the cover. I, I did hear that one. She could do like back crails on Vert. Isn't that worthy of a cover? I think anything she does is worthy. I know. She could just be like sitting there in her sunglasses, like drinking an iced coffee. Yeah, she's, she's the best. We always end the show with a song. I should have gave you a little heads up about that, but uh, I know it's not easy sometimes to just pick one. But what's a song that you'd be stoked to put on for the road out of here? Oh, this is a hard one. Okay, I'm going to go a weird route. I'm going to do Stanton Warriors, Shoot Me Down. All right. I like it. I got two more song questions. Did you okay. have a song at your wedding? Yes. 
Um, what, 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 what was it? Uh, Forever by Ben Harper. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that one's good. Ben and, Harper's amazing. And then is there any Poland musicians that have a song that we should know about? There's a DJ I really like called the Polish Ambassador, but I don't think he's actually Polish. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's got some good stuff. Well, um, either is your manager, apparently. So, <laughs> <laughs> my coach, <laughs> your coach, yeah. my coach husband. Hmm. Let me think of what song is good by the Polish ambassador. I love Let Polish sausages. Do you eat meat? No. Um. I. I mean, I grew up eating sausages, and uh, and <laughs> my my parent, my grandparents had a farm. We'd literally see the pig hanging upside down, and then know that we were going to eat it. Um, but no, I've been vegan for, for a hot minute for like 10 years or something now. I, I actually just got a phone call from Lizzie Armano and she asked, no. yes, yeah, she wants to know what is your weekly consumption of kale? <laughs> of kale? Oh man. I, I think I eat more spinach than kale these days. So spinach. kale, not, not too much, maybe like a bag. Are we going like Nutribullet? Are we going juicer? What's what's the process? Dude, we just do big ass salad, like oh. serving platter size of salad, just just for me. And so, <laughs> what what goes what goes in it besides spinach? Do some cashews and some carrots, uh, apples. A really weird one. I put I put some like vegan protein powder on it instead of uh instead of dressing uh-huh it's so good <laughs> huh. is, is that gonna be difficult is that difficult for you when you travel though like if you go to different places is it hard to find vegan food sometimes dude every place has a grocery store yeah. you can get fruit vegetables and nuts like anywhere okay so and then you're well, never worried about protein deprivation like uh like not getting enough protein or enough iron or whatever is lacking. I don't know. You're There's good. definitely like good, good protein and uh, nuts and good iron and like spinach and kale. And um, I do bring like little protein powder packets and like little protein bars. <laughs> so, That's smart. Yeah. Nerd. I got no, it covered. <laughs> I do that as well. Well, sick. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time out. I wish you nothing but luck. Um, at the Olympics and everything you do, I need uh, stickers for my backdrop here. Ooh. So I don't have, I don't know if there's exposure stickers, Arbor, anything that you can help me out with. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I can't really put a woman on the cover of the mag, but I can put a woman on the wall back here. So if you want to do <laughs> any, anything like that, Perfect. do you have a middle name? Alana. Amelia Alana Brodka. Yeah. Nice. That's a nice name. Thank you so much. Did you get the song? The DJ I'm not from Poland. <laughs> the Polish ambassador. Yeah. Um, it's called Let the Rhythm Just. Okay. We're going to start with one and end with the other. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Hopefully I'll see you soon. I think the light at the end of the tunnel is getting bigger and we're all going to be able to hang and high five eventually i think like unless a new this happens but i don't know i gotta I mean, get down yeah. your way 
Maybe yeah, we can all go to uh, Taiwan on and get some Thai food. I'm super down, dude. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I, I love your podcast and I love that you and Bucky nerd out on Formula One too. That's dope. My, it's, he's my dude. I, I, I yeah. My fiance was fully into F1. I knew nothing about it. And then, of course, like I'm trying to impress her. So I'm like, Bucky, do, 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 and just start nerding out with him, <laughs> like finding out information. But now we've been watching it all the time. I, li- I like it. So what That's can you awesome. do? Yeah, it got me super into it. Hell yeah. Well, cheers. Enjoy the uh, rest of your day. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. I hope you have a good evening. Bye bye. You too. Bye.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.